0: For a text this morning I'll read from the 10th chapter of Luke. It's a very familiar story about the the man that went from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. I hope everybody has prayed about this service on every Sunday morning because... Ourselves, we are nothing. But if God opens this Word, then we have food for our undying souls. We have direction. We have all the things that God would want us to have in the in the light of His Word. So we read these words, Luke chapter 10. Verses 25 to 37. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was, at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. and a certain, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, he said, He that sheweth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. be multiplied to each one gathered here this morning now and forever amen we see that just before this well uh, the whole the whole first part of the chapter but just just before this the we see that Jesus had sent out 70 disciples to preach the gospel and the word And it says here, the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto unto us through thy name. The the name of Jesus is powerful. And these people were rejoicing in this. And I I don't think Jesus had a problem with the fact that they were happy that, that his name had that power. But he says says, uh, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the, in- over all the, power of the enemy, and nothing shall be, by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, rejo- in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Go to Revelations, and re- we read about... Those books that were opened, and how those names that were written in those books, and then, and then there was a single book. I don't know the significance of it, but there was a single book where the where the where the names were written of those that have have uh, as as it says in another place come through great tribulation. And wash their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Those people's names are written in a single book. And Jesus says, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Don't rejoice because these devils are subject unto you through my name. And then he, he says in a couple, a couple different ways here. He, he rejoices in spirit. I, I guess sometimes we rejoice in, in spirit and it's it's good and it's powerful so I guess it comes to me that when Jesus rejoiced in spirit it must, must have been something he says I thank thee O Father Lord of heaven and earth that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes even so Father so For so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and and he to whom the Son will reveal him. Then he says next a very similar thing. Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. He's telling these 70 that return to him these things. Blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see. And says, "For I tell you that many prophets and kings, in, fir- in the first it says there that these things are hidden from the wise and prudent and delivered unto babes, these understandings of this word. And then he says, "Many prophets and kings have desired to see those things that ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them." So he opens his word to whom he will. And it, it's his greatest desire that every person would, would know and hear and understand these things. But we know that this world operates in that way, that it isn't, it isn't that way that everybody hears and knows and understands. And we only understand in part. I'm not saying we, we know it all. We don't have, say, the last word on, on all of the scriptures. But God gives to us those things we have need of. So in the in the light of what he's saying here, it, it sounds like it's somebody coming out of the people he's talking to. He says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? miracle of of the disciples being able to put down evil or or uh, Satan being being put down on, in, under the name of Jesus I guess we would always want to go to the message that Jesus taught and, and that that he he uh, Stressed when he left this world that that repentance and the remission of sins would be preached, and Jesus told the people these these men when they went out don't go to the Gentiles and don't go to the Samaritans with this message, but go to the lost the these lost sheep of the house of Israel the jews and and Jesus was mostly concerned about this. We know as time went on, then how how uh Paul and Peter and those men brought the word to the Gentiles, and Jesus Himself spoke to that that Samaritan woman, and and in this text is it's talking about the Good Samaritan, and and we know that spiritually speaking, Jesus is the Good Samaritan, but. Anyways, Jesus tells these these people to to just go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and bring this message. This this message that Jesus spoke about in in so many different ways. He talks about the Jews and says, How oft would I have gathered you (coughs) under my wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and ye would not. So he had this special love and special concern for for those Jews obviously this man was a Jew it says he was a lawyer and he, he's it's not not the type that settles land uh buying selling of land or or court cases but it would be talking about a a man of the law the old testament law so it says that this we we can determine right off the bat here that this man didn't have the right spirit; he tried to do it in a we might say an educated way, but it says that he was tempting Jesus. We don't We don't tempt Jesus. Jesus does not answer in a, in a way that it he's riled at all, even with this man tempting him. he just he just makes the man do some thinking for himself. I'll say it that way. So this, he asked Jesus, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? We know that the Jews and the, and the church of the day had had gotten to that point where they wore the long robes and gowns and, and we know even with, with Paul, who used to be called Saul, he knew the word inside and out and he sat at the feet of, of the greatest teacher of the day, Gamaliel, and was taught by him And he went about with with all kinds of ambition and vigor. And so this man knew the law also. Jesus, of course, being all-knowing, would have known these things. He would have known this man knows the law. So he, he asked him, what is written in the law? How do you read that? How readest thou? What does the law say? So the man answers what the law says. He answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus says to him that you've answered right. He said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt live. You fulfill all these things. You know the law. You fulfill this And you'll go to heaven. You'll you'll inherit eternal life. That's the question you ask. What what should I do to inherit eternal life? And we think of inheritance as as something our parents or boss or whatever situation might be, he he gave it. Maybe you worked for somebody for forty years and he gives you something as an inheritance. Or or your parents give you something as an inheritance. And and you didn't do a thing for it. You you Ate at their table and did your chores and did grew up and whatever, and you really don 't deserve any more than that and i don 't know if we even deserve that, but that 's an inheritance and he uses his word inherit inherit. what must I do to inherit eternal life? anyways, Jesus says, do those things you you seem to know what you must do, just do those things and you'll inherit eternal life. But here we see the spirit of the man again. First of all, we see it when, when he, he tempts Jesus, and now we see it again when it says he justifies him. He, he wants to justify himself. Well, we don't justify ourselves. That He, he obviously doesn't understand that at all. It says... He, he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? We might ask the question, who, who is our neighbor? Is that, is that the ones living next door to us or, or in a, the case of us that are living outside of the, of town, we, we have neighbors in and around the area and, and I know in a farming community, your neighbors reach out 10 and 15 miles quite easily and, and this man says, "Who is my neighbor?" He might have not expected this. Jesus tells, <coughs> Jesus, me, tells a little story, and he says, "A certain man, <coughs> me. a certain man went down from Jerus- Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead." The world has no regard or concern. Think of of, uh, places of ill repute and bars and brothels and and gambling places. and They have absolutely no concern whatsoever for the individual soul. They're in it for personal gain, money and, and all the things that they're in it for. And this man enters into this road <coughs> <coughs> that we might have in our imagination from Jerusalem to Jericho. I, I just finished a couple of articles in a, in a 1967 National Geographic and the man that wrote the articles had been in Israel during the Six-Day War. And he had some, some interesting things to say. But he had... He had a picture of that country there, some of it going from Jerusalem to Jericho and even in a physical sense, it's huge gullies and rock-strewn boulders at the bottom and, and drought and floods and, and, and then these, another area that's just these high, bare and dry hills. And so, in a natural sense, we could say that the road from Jerusalem to Jericho would be a hard road. But in a spiritual sense, we know that the Jerusalem is is the city of peace, and Jericho has been known and and mentioned even in in conversation that such and such a place is a real Jericho that, that it's a it's a place where maybe a Christian wouldn't find. Much, much comfort for his soul, but it's it's just a, a place where this, the understandings and the and the dealings and the gamblings go on of this of this world. So we see this man going from Jerusalem to Jericho. I believe he fell from faith, or I believe that if he, if he didn't fall from faith, he was on his way there. And it says that he fell among thieves. The thieves have no concern for the individual. They're like they're like the wolf in the field that that kills the lamb or the sheep just to, just to fill his belly. He's thinking only of himself. You fall among those types, and Satan has set things up in this kingdom of his, this world, where it looks attractive, and we fall for it, and we think that Adam and Eve fell for for Satan's first first man and woman set in this world. Fell for Satan's attractions, and we still fall for Satan's attractions. Doesn't doesn't sound like we've learned very much through all the thousands of years. But it says he he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his garment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. He's not completely dead. There's still still some life in him. He's he's laying on the side of the road and Has become to that place, a point in in his experience where he's helpless. He can't, he can't do anything about it. Maybe he made, we made, we might say that people make wrong choices or bad choices and, and we've all done it. We made bad choices in life sometimes. So then it says here how, this is a picture of life. This is a picture of how things go. By chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He takes he takes that much notice of the man that he sees him, it says. He passes by on the other side. Obviously he doesn't the priest and, and the Levite, and maybe, maybe there's more depth to these names, priest and Levite, than, than I know, but it looks like they don't help him, and maybe they can't help him. Maybe they don't have what it takes to help this man. He passes by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. This this man that's stripped of his raiment, wounded him, and departed leaving him half dead he, he's in need he's in, he's in pretty dire need so so these people we may may see as as we hear sometimes a man of the cloth they they don't seem to have any concern for this man that is is left on the, on the side of the road half dead there's still some life in him Maybe faith hasn't departed from him. I'm not. I'm not going to say it has. I'm not. I'm not here to make that call. It says, "A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him." That seems to be the the key word and the big difference between these three men. The two come along and they notice him. They don't have compassion on him. They don't, they don't seem to think that they can help him or will help him or, or should help him. And, and we see, I was just reading in the, in the Bible dictionary or whatever it was about the Samaritans and, and they were, they were a people that seems like they came and came and went through the through the centuries and we were overtaken and, and then sometimes the country was cleared out of people altogether and then people moved in and but it seems like the underlying thought of them was that they became a people who had had contact with, with the Jewish living faith but in their carnal understanding of faith And the way they should do things, they mixed ungodly ways with godly ways. And I still think you probably have nothing when you do that. And they were despised by the Jews. They became a people that the Jews looked down upon. But we know that Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, a Samaritan woman, and she even said, how is it that you, being a Jew, would even speak to me, being a Samaritan? but Jesus was above that thought and he did speak to her and I believe that he helped her out it says this Samaritan who who, as I explained maybe the, maybe the Jews didn't look too favorably on the Samaritans but this Samaritan had a good heart and once when I spoke on this and, and there was maybe some controversy over what i said i called i called best dad to see what he thought of it and and i i came from the wrong angle and i was saying well if if this occurrence actually happened and i was going on it that way and, and he said let's not worry about whether it happened or not or whether jesus just told this story but jesus is the good samaritan that's the most important part of this message So here it says a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had had compassion on him I think we've all experienced that where something takes place and we can't just let it go we can't just walk by and ignore the situation and hope that Hope that somehow this man regains his health and and uh, comes to life again and regains his, his physical and his spiritual health. But we are to help him. It says when he came and saw the man, he had compassion on him. He didn't just keep going like the other two, the priest and Levi. They just kept going. They, they glanced at him and noticed him there and kept going. They... they They couldn't help him. They didn't have what it took to help him. The good Samaritan has what it takes to help him. He immediately goes to the man's aid. It says he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. I believe the the pouring in of the oil and wine, I believe, is a is a picture of of what we are to do to help people, And, and I think it it falls in line with the preaching of the gospel, and that is, of course, the preaching of repentance and the remission of sins, and that is also the the preaching of the law and the gospel. It says he pours in the oil and the wine. The 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 wine is alcoholic beverage. And we when you pour I, I remember as a kid getting a bad cut or something and the mum would would take hydrogen peroxide. I don't know if young generations ever heard the word. But she'd pour that in your wound and it would burn and sting. And she'd explain that it's it's killing all the bad bugs. And we have to do this. It's, it's the best for the situation. That's, that's the law. The law is preached and it hurts. Back in, back in Isaiah. I think if I can find it. 66th chapter, the fifth verse and on to a few more verses it says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, let the Lord be glorified. But he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a child. Who hath heard of such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion t- travailed she brought forth her children. So shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord, shall I shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad for her for all ye that love her, rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her. So, so he is explaining there that there's no child that is born without travail of birth by the mother. And the mother is the church, and the mother is, is, goes through this. I, I think, I think that with this, with a lot of modern preaching, they don't want to preach the law. They don't want to preach that that we're sinners and they don't want to make people aware of what sin is and what we are made of. so they come into faith by preaching grace only and there's nothing wrong with preaching grace but Jesus says we, preach, we are to preach repentance and the remission of sins the, the preaching of the, of the law shows us what we are and, and we, I've gone through that many times about Saul's conversion when the law which he knew well came to be a living law not just words on pages or some instructor teaching him which he knew already but when it became alive and living it convicted him of what he was and we don't leave anyone there we'd be leaving him in a very bad place if we left him there but we preached the gospel to them. we preached that Jesus came here was sent from heaven came as a baby, little baby boy lived his life taught and then gave his life for us that he could through that pay for our sin debt He went to the cross. He suffered and died, not for his own sins, but for my sins and your sins. Because the Word has enlightened us that we are sinners. What do we do with it? He took them upon himself. He suffered for our sins. He suffered for what we would have had to suffer had we not known Him or come to Him. This is the oil. It was poured into this man's wounds. The comforting and the healing. That we can believe these things are all right in the work that Jesus has accomplished. I believe this is what the oil and the wine is the law and the gospel. That's what this man needed. He had to be he had to be strengthened. We Going beyond his physical condition, we look at his spiritual condition. He had to be strengthened. He had to be lifted up. He had to have someone help him out of his situation. That's what the Good Samaritan does. That's what Jesus does. He didn't hesitate. By reading this, it looks like he couldn't help the man fast enough. had compassion on him and he went to him and bound up his wounds pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast he had to help the man out of his situation and where he was take him off that road to Jericho take him back to Jerusalem it doesn't say that physically he did that but it just says he took him to an inn brought him to an inn and took care of him that's what Jesus does he takes us to a place where we're off of that road we were on, and on a better road. We're, we're on a, we might say we're in the hospital, recovery from our, our bad experience where he was beaten up and, and wounded and stolen from and, and left half dead says, on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. The, the Samaritan goes on his way. He spends the night. We might, we might say that the night represents darkness. He spends the night with this man in the inn and he gives the innkeeper some money so that the debts that might add up are paid this I believe is a picture of the grace of God we can stumble and fall but the debt has been paid it says on the morrow when he departed he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again I will repay his word was good Jesus' word is good. If we, if we come into some situation where we think our faith is, is failing or we maybe let down our Savior in our walk, we don't lose faith. We might, we might feel like we have. Grace covers these things. If we don't go into the into a life of sin willingly, like it says in, in Hebrews, willful sinning, grace covers sin. We will make mistakes. We will fail. We do. But we're in it we're in this inn. And the the Samaritan has left we might say that amount of faith with this man that he can he can go for a while till till he's back on his feet. Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more. When I come again I will repay. So he tells this this man who we might say didn't even show Jesus much respect, first of all by by tempting him and secondly by coming coming up with something that would justify him himself. Tells him this story. The man must have been a listener because he was listening. At the end of the story, Jesus says, "Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves?" We're not supposed to pick out our our neighbors and and uh, might say have a good time with some of them and then reject others because they they don't fit into my lifestyle or my thinking. We're supposed to be the same with everybody. They're all our neighbors. So Jesus asked the man, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor to him that fell among the thieves? None of the three men knew him. They were all just passing by. One of them them considered, This man is my neighbor. We're supposed to be considerate of one another. We're supposed to look out for one another. We're supposed to. We're supposed to be aware if someone is hurting. It doesn't even say that this this man that was left on the side of the road even peeped out a, a, a any noise or anything. It says that they just noticed him there. He wasn't crying for help, possibly. It doesn't say that he was anyway. Which of these three thinkest thou? What What do you think? The first, there we read, there when he when he's he, he asks the question, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus Jesus makes him think. He says, What do you think? What is written in the law? How readest thou? What What do you get out of it? The guy answers rightly. He says, "Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live." But Jesus knows better than anyone else that we can't fulfill that law. We can't. We, we can't even come close to fulfilling the law. So we see that this good Samaritan is fulfilling that law of love, where he, where he. We've been talking about that in Bible study that. in in the epistles of John, how love is mentioned so many times. He shows love and compassion to this, this man on the side of the road. So the lawyer answers, he that shewed, shewed mercy on him. Which one was a neighbor to this, to the wounded man? The lawyer says, the one that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. That's what we're to do. We're, we're to believe. When, the, when those people ask Jesus, what, what must we do that we, we would work the works of God? He says, believe on me. Believe on the one whom God has sent, meaning Himself. That's, that's the works of God. And when we believe on Him, we, we don't even have to consciously go about life in our daily walk. And I'm not saying we don't think of these things, but we don't have to consciously say, well, now what should I be doing this moment or under this that, that would be the right thing to do? It, it's in our heart. It's there. I'm not saying it's wrong to think about it. It's okay. But it's not a work that we do with our own hands. It's in our heart. The the, the Samaritan that came along, he didn't have to ask himself, now should I or shouldn't I help this man? He just rushed over there and helped him. We see the priest and the Levite didn't have that. They didn't have that condition of heart. They they must not have had a hope of eternal life. I was reading about the uh, Church of Thyatira and it's interesting. He gets after and you can't find it. He gets after them for some of them. For their bad lifestyle. Under the angel of of the church of Thyatira write, These things saith... The son of God who hath his eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like fine grass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last be more than the first. Notwithstanding I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Sounds like the church today. There, there are some that are diligent and there are some that are off, way, way off on, on bad things in, in this militant church, we call it. And it says, I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not, speaking of Jezebel. Behold, I will cast into her a bed, cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest, and Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which which ye have already, hold fast till I come. These are the ones that he didn't have things against. He said That which ye have already, hold fast till I come. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. This is what these 70 disciples found. They had this power in Jesus' name. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter, they shall be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father." And I will give him the morning star. The morning star is, is Jesus. And I, in our house there, the bedroom window faces to the east and, and mostly in the winter, I think, when the sun comes up a little later, I can, I wake up and I'm, I'm looking straight at the morning star. And I've thought of that sometimes, that this is, this, Jesus is likened unto the morning star. the first thing in the morning we could see that star glimmering there and and think of of Jesus and hope that I can have hope for today because of Jesus. I will give him the morning star, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith to the churches when when this lawyer is told to go and do likewise. I, I wish there was more said about it. Because when Jesus makes him think and do some thinking for himself, he couldn't do anything but examine himself in the light of this, this story that Jesus tells. Examine himself and come to a repentance. We're just left with that, that Jesus says, go and do thou likewise. So if this man goes, goes along and, and sees something similar in his life come up, and he's either able or not able to do what the Good Samaritan does here, he can examine himself. And he can go and find that which he needs. Then, that he would be equipped to help the, the one who is is wounded and left half dead when we have that morning star and that hope of that morning star we we are equipped we we often don't think so and we often think that that we weren't given what it takes to accomplish or see my way through this job but the word tells us we do have that it encourages us turn your eyes Upon Jesus, the song says, look full in his wonderful face. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we close with the benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Anybody who is able to go or hoping to go, they can let Jordan and Raiden know. If there isn't five units or something, then we use the group camp status, so we'll have to change that, but I think we can, barring weather or whatever. So, if you could let Jordan and Radin know, on the so I think that's 27th and if is is correct on the date. Yeah, it'll be the night of the 26th and 27th. Okay. The Friday... Twenty sixth Friday night. Friday night. Friday, 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 and Friday and Saturday night. It opens at four. The gates
0: for allowed to go at four on Friday. Okay. Any time four. Yeah. Not Is there any other uh, yeah. yeah, we just talked about it before church about having a service out there Saturday afternoon or evening or something instead of Sunday because Sunday gets rushed. We we'll have to be
2: out of there by Tuesday.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A the um, I just had well, actually, I was a related story I thought to my mind that Years ago, and they came and they kind of um, I guess you could say that they kind of encapsulated more of the more better than I could put into words myself. So I just thought I'd, I'd share them this morning. Here, um, um there was Ralph Davis, and he, he mentioned this. He said that if you have a a blind man sitting at a table and were to put two different colored papers in front of him. At the end, and if you um asked him to tell you which one was whatever color white or black, that I mean we know with our natural mind that it doesn't matter how angry you get with them or control them or whatever, it doesn't help. You cannot tell which one's white or black. It's just an impossibility. And and if we look at it spiritually, if someone is spiritually blind, um, it doesn't matter how much we would get upset or try to do whatever. We cannot. They can't see. It's just how it is. And I think that we need to remember that our abilities are to point them to where they can find um, sight, and that is to Christ. And I guess that uh, it, it tied, just maybe in my mind, to an incident that was related to me that. If I understand right, half, right possibly happened a number of years ago in Sweden. And there was a couple who hired a new maid. And they, um, not too long after they got her, things started missing. And and the wife um, told the husband that we need to get rid of her. But she's stealing things. And he had said um, that, no, this girl is going to be a Christian girl. And he said, if she truly is, um, God won't let her go on like this, that she will be convicted. And um, so even if things keep going, then I think we should just let it carry on. And so they did, and I, perhaps a couple more things went missing. But then God convicted this girl's heart, and she came and she owned up to what she'd done, and repented and asked her forgiveness for this. And if I understand right, she carried on to be a maid for, for many years. But you know, they never the trouble. in that, right now, perhaps. But. Um, I guess it just brought to my mind that I think we need to remember that if someone's a Christian, God can work hard, and And I guess perhaps it brings to my mind the story of Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane when um, he came to get Christ and read the story he drew the sword and he cut Melchizedek's ear off. And I think, to me, it it gives us an example that if we decide in our strength or in our flesh that we're going to defend Christ, that the only thing we can accomplish, even if we're using the word of God, is to cut someone's ear off so they cannot hear anymore. And I think we have to we not do that even though we know the rest of the story and we know that Christ was was good and healed the ear and we could say that in spite of our failings, was able to bring hearing for that man and so I think many times we can read things and trust that the spirit of God can work in hearts and especially Christian hearts Does anybody have a song we can do?